If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, here we go now with the continuing backlogs, delays, and waiting lists in our healthcare system. This one hitting close to home now at BC's Children's Hospital, where parents seeking help for their kids faced long waits on the weekend. Let's discuss now with my guest, family doctor Anna Wolak. I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Wolak back to the show. Thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you. So let's let's talk about the situation at Children's Hospital here now. So reports of long waits peaking on Sunday with reports of parents waiting nine hours to see a doctor for their kids at the hospital. How unusual is that? It's very unusual. And in fact, I checked this morning and at seven o'clock this morning, the waiting time was closer to nine hours and 40 minutes. Um, to, to be seen, which means that somebody who checked in last night before midnight still has not yet been seen. So that's really quite unusual. And it, it's quite nerve wracking because these are little kids. And all physicians know that when little kids get sick, they can turn on a dime. They can look really well one minute and then get really quite sick the other. Okay, I think a lot of people are, are familiar with the experience of waiting in an emergency room, waiting room when they need help. And we know how the system works. They triage cases, right? So they see the most serious pressing cases first. So people understand that, I think, largely. But nine hours, even longer, as you said this morning, how does that compare to the, the usual wait times at that hospital? Do you know? It's not, usual, it's not usual at all. Like you said, yeah. we try to triage kids who need to be seen quite early on um, who are quite sick. But I've heard from patients and from friends that children who are um, having some trouble breathing sometimes are also having to wait three, four hours, five hours. And that's just not, that's just not the standard of care that we're used to. And it's not because they're being ignored. I know the nurses are doing everything they can in the waiting room to monitor these children, but there's just no room for them in the emergency room. Yeah, this is really troubling, and I, I really feel for the parents and for the kids who are, are stuck in this situation because I can't think of much that would be much more stressful than having a sick child and, and you're just waiting nine hours and longer to see a doctor and, you, and your child is suffering. Like, what does that, what kind of, what kind of illnesses are presenting here at the hospital? Like, you mentioned respiratory, you know, we've heard reports of a bad flu season for kids right now. So when you look at the um, dashboard that's put out by BCCDC, we are seeing respiratory viruses on the rise. And it's not just COVID. We're, it's COVID, it's flu, it's another virus called respiratory syncytial virus, which is affecting our really, really little ones. Um, it also affects seniors. And from what we've been seeing in the U.S. and in Australia, it's starting to affect some school-aged children as well more significantly than it usually does. And we, I think that's what we're seeing here as well. And what we're seeing is a convergence of all of these respiratory illnesses 
plus uh, things like enterovirus and other viruses that are floating around as well. And it's just coming a lot earlier. We're nowhere near the peak of respiratory virus season. So the fact that it's impacting hospitals now makes me really worried for when we get into um, no, the, the end of November, December, January, February, which is traditionally when these viruses true, well and truly peak. Oh, wow. Okay, so if we're seeing just the start of the wave here, and we've already got nine-hour-plus wait times, man, oh, man, that, that's a troubling thought. What do you think should be done right now? What is being done about it? Um, I know that BC Children's has activated some sort of emergency response internally, yeah. so they are aware that this is happening, but the public needs to be able to to do something themselves. And the easiest, simplest thing to do is, I know we're all sick of it, but we need to start masking up again. And especially the kids in schools where these viruses are basically percolating and circulating. We need to control the source of viruses. We need to help protect our kids, get masks back on them, stay home when you're sick. And I've mentioned three viruses, COVID and flu. Those two are vaccine preventable. So we need to get up to date with our our vaccines and our kids' vaccines. The kids' vaccination rate is absolutely deplorable because of how low it is. So we need to get all of that up. We need to get masks back on and vaccines into arms so that we can try to stave this off. Ontario is seeing 24, 25-hour wait times in their children's hospitals. And some of the older children, so the 14-year-olds and up, are being shipped to adult ICUs. We don't want to see that happen in B.C., Talking to Dr. Anna Wolak about long waits in her healthcare system, especially at BC's Children's Hospital. Nine hour plus waits to see a doctor there. Parents arriving with sick kids. You know, we talked. To, you talked a, a little bit about the the surge in respiratory illnesses right now, and we could see that get get even worse. What is your recommendation? for a, a sick child with with an illness like that? Like, is taking them to BC Children's Hospital the the wisest thing to do, or could there be treatment just as effectively at home? I mean, first off, you need to, if you can, if you have a family physician, reach out, or a pediatrician, reach out to your family physician or pediatrician so that they can assess your child. You can call the nurse's line, 811, um, and talk. And even now, even if you don't, if your child is not sick, reach out to your primary care provider and talk to them about what they sh- what you should be looking for and what the tipping point is for when you need to take your child to emergency. As I mentioned earlier, when children are sick, sometimes they can just turn on a dime. So you need yeah. to be acutely aware. Don't be scared of the wait times. I know, you know, it's nine and a half hours, but even if you are waiting in the emergency room, there will be nurses who will have eyes on you. So if your child is sick, if you have your parental gut is just saying, no, there's something wrong, take them to the emergency room. But it's always nice to be prepared with the knowledge of what you need to look out for with your own child. And so talk to your primary care provider about that. Yeah, okay. I love that advice. Listen to your gut as a parent. I think all parents out there know what you're, know what you're talking about. Like, take your don't worry. If, even if you've heard about these long wait times, I don't think that should dissuade you if you're really worried about, about your child. Um. It seems like we've got a bit of a perfect storm brewing here when it comes to sick kids, because at the same time that we're hearing about these long waits at hospitals, 
we're also hearing about a shortage of over-the-counter medications for kids, like kids Tylenol, kids Advil. I've heard from lots of parents who were like scouring pharmacies in, in Metro looking looking for these medicines. Have you heard about that? Oh, yes, definitely. And I've seen the shelves when I go shopping and I have young children too. So whenever I look as well and I try to see if there's anything um, if there's anything for them, if, if they were to get sick and we're coming up with, with nothing. Um, on social media, physicians are sharing tips about which pharmacies are going to be able to compound medications for, for our patients. So it's, you're right, we're heading into a perfect storm. I'd likened this time to March 2020, but instead of it being for adults, it's for kids. And so this is the March 2020 for kids. And I worry about a healthcare system collapse unless we actually do something. Well, you mentioned the how BC's Children's Hospital has activated some emergency plans here. Now, what they have activated is is known officially as the Emergency Operations Center, and this is done when they have high patient demand. They ask their staff to do even more as they see a surge of young kids coming to the hospital here. Um, what are you hearing from frontline healthcare workers who are being asked now to do more? I mean, they're already burned out, aren't they? Exactly. That's the thing. Everyone's exhausted, but we all go into this line of work because we want to help people. And my heart goes out for all my colleagues who are working there, especially with the long wait times, because there's nothing more heartbreaking than knowing that there is a sick child out there who you need to help, but you cannot because there's no physical space or resources are tied up. And so, again, this is likening to March 2020. In the U.S., I have friends in pediatrics who are crowdsourcing on Facebook for ICU beds for their patients. And this is not something I've seen since March 2020 when we were doing it for adults. And so everything is getting, it's quite scary on, as a frontline health worker about what, what could be coming and what is facing us. Dr. Wolak, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Dr. Anna Wolak there is a family doctor.